What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bra Meets World. Well, that's Bra Meets World. Your boy Meets World found cast. I am Siege. I'm Tony Curtis. How you doing, bro? I am doing well, man. Doing good. We had a, like a lot of really good weeks lately, so I'm just going to vibe with that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I have to say season six has been, there's a lot more meat on the bones than I thought. It, yeah. In terms of just things to talk about, it, it may not, not necessarily be the most enjoyable season, but there's so much to talk about with every episode. So that's what I'm really excited about. Absolutely. And we have a very special episode uh, that we're going to be talking about this week. Before we get into that, let's do our morning announcement. We are uh, I'm loving it. We are getting more of your five-star reviews. There's just one more I want to share with you guys. Um, we got one from... Aka Christie, I want to make sure. I, I hope I said that right. Aka Christie is probably very, very much a punny name that I am butchering, so I apologize. Sure. But either way, uh, she says, I've been waiting for a Boy Meets World podcast with black lens, with a black lens. As a black woman, I've loved this show growing up, but always had a different POV as uh, one from a black girl. This podcast is funny, and the hosts have a great dynamic, so... Hey, just really wanted to sh- sh- shout that out. Thank you guys. Keep the yeah, appreciate coming it. In. Appreciate uh, the love. You can give us your five star reviews at Brummeets World on any of the platforms and also Spotify. Spotify be it allowing y'all to like rate. So, yeah. And on our website, you guys can actually leave uh, voice messages as well that we could play on the podcast. So keep that in mind for future future episodes. If you have questions, comments, anything like that, we can get into it live on the show. Uh, I have so much more I want to talk about, but before I do so, I want to yeah. bring in, we have a very special guest this week. Yeah, we uh, do. This week, we are bringing in Jamar Adams, creator and owner of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s Vibes podcast. He's a podcaster, content creator, and network owner. Welcome, Jamar. What up, what up, hey, what up? Man. Thank you guys for having me. I'm a huge fan of the show. Huge fan of Boy Meets World. I'm honored. I've been down. So I'm excited to do this episode with you guys, man. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I I was like, even though we have more to say, Jamar's like waiting to hop in. I was like looking at you, being like, oh. All right, it's good, man. Hey, bro. I'm I'm, I'm a guest. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just happy to be here. What's your history? What's your history? Well, we can start with because we were talking about uh black sitcoms are you the sitcoms for like when we were growing up what's your history with like both boy meets world and like what else were you watching at the time man i i, I always like to say and any of the, my close friends that i still have growing up i coming to my house was unique because it was a balance i may we may start off the day watching the, the golden girls we go from golden oh, yeah. girls and boy meets world to bt to mtv so i was i'm i'm one of those guys I'll give it a chance. And I was a huge TV watcher. So one day I was like maybe eight, seven. I was just scrolling, you know, scrolling, channel searching. Boy Meets World popped up. It caught my attention. I fell in love. I've been in love ever since. I think what's interesting about that is what do you think it was about the show that you really connected with? I love the comedy, but I love the seriousness too. That's the reason why Fresh Prince is one of my favorite shows also. Because it can make you laugh. It can make you cry. It can make you think, especially with Feeny. 
that's that's I think that was Feeney's whole role, but it, it was it was the balance, and they were kids, you know, which I was a kid at the time, very relatable, going through stuff. As you become a kid to a teenager, right, to a young adult, they they kept it real. They 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 the problems got more serious as they got older. So it was yeah. always the balance. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, uh, I I'm a little curious, Jamar. Just quickly, what do you um, what kind of stuff do you cover on your podcast, the '80s, '90s, 2000s podcast? Everything nostalgic '80s, '90s, and 2000s. It can be an old TV show, it can be an old actor, old a sitcom, or it can be a specific person. Like yesterday, we did a Kanye episode, a Kanye versus Adidas episode. Um, it, if 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 it's modern, it's cool as long as it's tied to somebody who's you know tied to nostalgic. So anything nostalgic, we talk about, man. So we have fun, we, and we still learn. Shout out to Tri Burrow and Prime, my uh, my co-host. We're still learning, man. So yeah, we having fun doing. That's awesome. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so that that being said, are you ready to get into this episode? Because I feel like this episode in particular, there is a lot of meat on the bone. Like we yeah. have a lot that we could be talking about in this episode. There's also a lot of masculine energy in this episode. Like I'm glad we got another dude in here so we can like get like, is this really how men like- Exactly. Like, what happens when women aren't around on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I think it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, that should lead us to our tell me about it. T, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gonna tell me about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Tell us about it. Well, the boys will be boys. Engagement ring off at the slightest sign of another man giving Corey a hard time. You know what? I liked it. It was a summer ray. <laughs> All right. Yeah. For everyone listening, this is season six, episode eight. You're married. You're dead. To prove he's still one of the guys, despite being engaged, Corey goes to a club with scantily clad women where he loses his engagement ring and desperately tries to keep Topanga from finding out. She, of course, does and reminds Corey that wearing the ring in the first place was his idea and that he remains free to do what he wants, but within reason. In a B storyline, Rachel, currently working on her term paper, Dealing with how women influence male bonding, observes Eric and Jack's off-the-wall behavior um, with cool amusement. And that is the episode. I found this episode very, very interesting because it it does, even for like a 90s show, it picks up on a lot that I want to talk yeah. to. But, but as usual, Jamar, what's your first impression? Uh, Corey is dealing with being young and engaged uh in college what i mean season, this is season six right so they the seven seasons of boy world yeah so, right so yeah they're, they're deep in college at this point um he's, he's he's still dealing with being a becoming a young man young adult hanging around a lot of single guys too and of course sean is single at this point uh at, at a specific time and being engaged and, and realizing hey i can't I don't, he thinks he can't do what he normally did anymore, but that's so false. Like, as you just said, with the Topanga, saying that um, you went in the ring with your choice. So, but I, yeah. I think he did with a, a bunch of insecurities, a bunch of, uh, I ain't gonna say, he did with a, a bunch of masculinity, like you said, a bunch of that, that toxic masculinity. It can be toxic at times, but yeah, he did with a bunch of that. 
absolutely. I love that like you said that. So, Jamar, really quickly, what is your like relationship status? Uh, uh well, it's crazy because the girl I'm uh talking to and hopefully we're going to marry soon is somebody I've been knowing since I was 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, you have yeah. a Topanga. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, That's man. fantastic. Yeah, it is, man. Yes, indeed. All right. So you being like trying to get into a serious relationship have a certain lens coming into this because you're not engaged, but you're, you know, you're like trying to get into something serious. Siege here recently got engaged. And hey, congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. And I celebrate my one-year wedding anniversary next week. Hey, so we're coming at this from three very yeah. different places. But I would say I feel like each one of us can kind of mm. relate to certain aspects of this. So, uh, Siege, what was your first impression of, of this episode? I love that you said, like, it was interesting, as, as we know, like, it's so crazy how we are following this show uh, in like the timeline and I happen to be newly engaged while uh, Corey and Topanga are also engaged because it is crazy for me to have like a certain perspective uh, while watching this and you know having certain conversations and certain thoughts and so for me watching this episode it was really interesting to see both how they wrote the other single male characters and kind yeah. of like the whole oh he's uh married now you're he's not even engaged he's just straight up married he's whipped we can't do anything <laughs> and then also Corey I thought Corey had some really valid points of being like like why can't I like you know I'm engaged I'm not dead and yeah no, but then there was like this insecurity of like needing to front for the boys. And yeah, I thought that was like, ring off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was like, yo, I, it's funny because they were like, who, what kind of guy wears an engagement ring? I was like, yo, I'm doing it. And like, like <laughs> do you see this ring? I'm bought it. Like, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that at all, man. Exactly. Yeah. But that comes from like the security of who I am. But mm -hmm. then also, I'm older. So I think there's something to be said yeah. about the idea of like, mm -hmm. you're not in college. And I think we kind of hit on this earlier with Sean and this idea of Sean being single while in college and purposefully so. So he didn't feel like he had to answer to anyone. And then um, you have Corey who kind of like wanted to secure it and lock it in because he, he knew he wouldn't get any better. And him having to like, grow through college during that so anyway i don't know i'm excited to see what you felt t um you know I, there's a lot i i want to get into specific wise and you guys have already hit like some points that i think are really uh i'm excited to dive into deeper uh, one of the things i really appreciated was that this show could have really easily um treated the women who work at this restaurant in a very specific way made them seem like they were just like kind of bimbos, I guess. But the fact that they showed them as college students, as like normal, like, hey, I go to class and oh, well, yeah, I work there. It's not a big deal. Like, I like the fact that the women weren't villainized in this episode um, for just like, you know, making making bread. Like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So I, I it's just that that was one of the things that stood out to me, because as we've watched the show, we've seen the way that they sometimes can do women wrong and like do them dirty and so it was just nice to kind of see that like there's there's some really interesting conversations about men and women behavior in this episode and even though 
I think that it's it's kind of cartoony how like douchey like the other guys are and like teasing a, a 19 year old for like having a relationship like all of it just felt like why are they giving him such a hard time he just wants to play cards like he can't be married and play cards like it, it felt like <laughs> a little too much but i i do like some of the bigger conversations that they're having about like you know what men feel like they do when they're with men versus you know their relationships and things like that so yeah um, that's my first impression. Absolutely love it. So to kind of like kick us off, I do want to bring up one of the main kind of like other characters that we get in our roll call. Yeah. Uh, and that is the actor Phil Buckman, who plays Gambling Dan. Um, he was a pretty, um, he like worked pretty seriously in um, television acting. He's on Boston Public. Um, he's on. I didn't recognize that dude at all. Beverly Hills 90210, um, smart guy. Um, he's just in a lot of things, but he's also, from what I can tell on his IMDb, he's also like a pretty strong working voice actor as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie. You guys know I am not above admitting these things. Gambling Dan was hot. I'm just going to say it. Like, I was, I was, <laughs> you got to turn like, on my Turner moment. You yeah. Know, was, was it because he was a douchebag, though? I, here's the thing. I was like, oh, no, here's the thing. I think it's, it's that mixture. <laughs> it's that college, that very co toxic college mixture of, okay, you may be like one of the cuter ones in the room, but then you cocky with it. And I, I like confidence. So mm. you're a douchebag. Yep. I don't want to hang out with you on a regular basis, but you're, you're not wrong. That you're hot. I was just saying. the what wasn't the guy with him? Didn't he play in the movie Heavyweights? Do y'all remember? Yes. Oh, I was waiting for T to talk about. The, I, I can't know. wait to talk about him. And actually, like, okay, yeah, Sean West Weiss, Weiss West, Sean Weiss, yeah, as Louis. Um, so yeah, this dude was like a child actor. He was in Mighty Ducks. He was in Heavyweights. Like, like Goldberg from Mighty Ducks was such like a, as a as a. A young chubby kid in the 90s, there was only so many of us on screen. There was like him and Keenan were like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so like it was like cool to see him in projects. And so like it's cool to see him in the show. His character is weird. Like the show always writes like tough guys to have lackeys for some yeah. reason. Like I don't know what that's about. Like they did that with Harley and and Joey in uh, uh in in high school and the in the seasons three and four and stuff like that. So it's just kind of weird that dynamic. But the reason why I want to talk about this dude is because like there were some images circling around online of him like a few years ago, just going through like a really hard time, like drugs, homeless like all this stuff he had lost all this weight but he had looked sick with it you know and then recently a resurgence of him being healthier and like getting his life back together so i just i just thought that was like a cool thing that i thought about when i saw him i was like oh man this must have been right before things started getting bad for this dude but he's 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 since come back but i just um I had to shout him out because he's such like a pinnacle part of my childhood. Okay, going back to the episode um i let let's just talk about it so we open up uh, with a, a poker game inside the dorm room, which um, I, you know, it, it's whatever. I didn't really play poker in college, but I, that's just like such like a typical thing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's such a typical TV trope of like, this is what guides do. They get together, they play poker. Uh, I guess now it'd be like a bunch of guys playing video games, right? Yeah, that's what yeah, I thought. That, that, that's, yeah, when I was in college, it was that. 
playing video video games or we'll go hoop, play basketball or something. That, that's about it. But I think what's really important is that like Sean is basically expanding his circle right now. And he's expanding his circle of friends and the type of friends that he's entertaining are ones that I would say are maybe a little bit more traditional. And it actually kind of makes sense when we know where Sean comes from that this is kind of maybe it's like Sean Sean kind of like wanting to find things that feel a little familiar. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just think this dude is like single and he's just like he's just trying to hang out with other single dudes like well, well, I, Can I yeah, say yeah, something quick? I'm, I'm so you can it's clearly Sean is dealing with him and Angela breaking up. You can you can tell he is. Yeah. He just handled it in the most Sean way. You, you get what I'm saying? So Yeah, to try to cover it up. Yeah. I think that's very interesting because um, throughout the episode, we do get Sean kind of being like, yo, I'm in college. I'm see- like, I'm, I'm purposely doing this. There's a point yeah. in this episode where he goes, we're in different situations and he's not wrong. And I feel like, I, I feel like the show is kind of hinting and it even feels like Sean purposely put himself in this situation not necessarily because he even wants to be but because that's where he feels he should be mm-hmm. does that make yeah. sense does anyone agree yeah yeah i, I agree it, you know what i i kind of agree i <laughs> it, sean's in no here's you're right sean's in the situation because he wanted to be he was man enough to at least tell angela like hey this isn't something that I think is going to be good for me and I'm I'm out of it versus Corey who's kind of like fighting it internally. Um, but I guess my main beef with Sean in this episode is that unlike your perspective, which I respect Siege, I don't see why Sean would hang out with these dudes. We're always seeing Sean hang out with people who are like the worst versions of him. Of him? Yeah. <laughs> yes, but yes. the people who he loves... And the people who he genuinely gets along with are never anything like the people he ends up hanging out with when he's like struggling. And so it's just odd. Like, I, and I, I get what you're saying. Like, he comes from like a background where like that's maybe part of it. But I just don't think we see that in his character enough to justify him just hanging out with guys who are just like absolutely, there's no redeeming qualities to, to these dudes. I don't see why he would want to hang out with them at all. So I don't know. He and it's a it's a pattern of him doing that even from when they were younger in high school. He always seems mm-hmm. to find somebody worse than him. Like it's him times ten. Yeah. Right? And he and you're right. And it's, it's 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 and and again, it's 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 a lot. It has a lot to do with how he was raised, how he was brought up. But he tends to. I'm I'm not, I don't want to use the word hurt. He tends to do damage to people who genuinely care about him. That's, that's, yeah. that's Sean's struggle throughout this whole series. All right, but see, all right, thank you both, because I'm going to actually, of course, double down on my position <laughs> to say <laughs> that that totally makes sense to me. You're going to tell me that you guys haven't been in situations where it's like, you know, kind of like, hey, this is like the right thing to do, but this is the familiar thing to do. Mm. And I feel yeah. like with guys like that, you, there's a reason why Sean always finds these guys. Because again, they're familiar. There's what he's, what he's used to from the neighborhood that he grew up with. I yeah. think that we forget that Corey was the exception. The thing the reason why Sean always gravitates towards Corey um, 
especially in the earlier seasons, is that Corey's life is the exception. It's different from everything yeah. Sean surrounded with. So the That's idea true. of Sean being like, hey, I have Corey and Corey is my stability and my constant, but I'm going to seek out things that reminds me of my cousins, that reminds me of my neighbors yeah. at the trailer park. You know, it's just like, he's going to, it makes sense to me that he's looking for people who honestly, let's be clear, probably like a young Chet is what yeah, we're looking sure. at here. Or like, like a young similar to his dad. One of his uncles where it's like, oh, it's a, it's some toxic masculinity. It's some um, just male bravado. Like I remember mm. being young and being surrounded by all of that. And mm. I also know plenty of, of my male peers who I was like, that's not you. That's not what you're interested in. Yeah. But because you are kind of young and trying to trying to define what masculinity means, you go with what's familiar. Mm-hmm. I I agree. It's 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 and it's funny because I haven't we touched on Corey and Topanga. Like you said, um, it's kind of, I, I remember how I was at that age, but I'm like I'm 29, right? So 29 Jamar and 19 Jamar are two completely different people. Yeah. So 29 Jamar don't mind Corey. Why where you ring? Relax. You know? But 18 Jamar, I'm uh, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> nah, man. So he said and people and Corey did Corey was mature for his age, but the immaturity would come out at times. Yeah. So people forget that he's still 19. And, and I, I try to be sensitive towards it. That's all. Absolutely. Go ahead, T. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, part of what this episode really gets into is like front for the boys. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like that's an actual very true thing. And I'm actually like not mad at this show for kind of getting into that. I don't feel like it's the, again, Corey's behavior is the most realistic as we go through the episode. But there is something true about just like, trying to like hype yourself up trying to make yourself seem bigger trying to make yourself seem um i don't know just trying to get the approval of other dudes because it really all right all right so one of the things i want to talk about in that opening scene where they're playing poker is they're starting to lay in heavy on like oh were you at your virgin support club like we're, we're there this show talks about virginity and like sin and morality like in like different weird ways um but this is like the first time someone flat out called Corey a virgin and made him feel bad about it, shaming him for it. And I guess I'm wondering, like, how much of this is kind of like sexual frustration of Corey? Well, because, yeah, because they haven't had sex yet, right? Because they, nope. they they didn't have sex until the next season when they got married. So, yeah, he probably is sexually frustrated. That's a great point. Well, speaking of sexually frustrated, I want to talk about the club that they are so hyped to go to, Club Clavage. Because, first of all, I was like, oh, cleavage. <laughs> And like like that that very it's very television, uh, just to kind of like riff on that. But then also I was like, this is a Hooters. It's so funny to be like, yo, y'all 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 upset about going to a Hooters? That's a big deal to you. <laughs> it yeah. almost it, felt it like. Light. It almost felt like they were like, hey, we want to do a strip club, but ABC's not letting us do a strip club. <laughs> like, Disney didn't give us the okay, so, like, we have to water it down. Because not only do they treat it like they're going to a strip club, but, like, all the girls who work there, they're like, oh, it's a bachelor party. Hey, girls, come over here. Sitting on laps, giving shoulder rubs, and I'm just like, 
ain't nobody rubbed my shoulders when I got chicken wings at Hooters. Like, that's <laughs> thank <not>. you. <laughs> that's not how they act. Like, so it just felt like they wanted it to be something where they were like implying it without being able to really hard pedal the real. That, but then also, I'm, I was going to say, I do remember being young. I was younger than this, but also we, we often talk about how like the internet changed uh men's relationship to sexuality in the sense of like in the 90s before internet porn and all this other stuff like seeing a boob they'd be like oh my god <laughs> like, yeah. like, and we're just like yo that's a that's a nipple get over it but like i do remember being like 16 17 um and we would go to things like curse wings or hooters and you would feel like you're getting away with it you know you got like the girls like flirting with you and you're like oh like they're into me and but again it's like one of those things where you're young enough to think that they're into you and then you get older and it's like no that woman just wants a tip she's just doing a job yeah yeah she's trying to get paid i went to hooters yeah. yesterday man that's just crazy look at you doing <laughs> research for the episode yeah, i was like man the food here is awesome but i, I wouldn't I, i'm older so i'm like i'm not here for the women I just want, I, I want the wings. I want some I, wings. That's all. Hooters has really good wings. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> not exactly, only do they man. have good food, I also honestly, truly, and maybe this is just me, at the actual establishment of Hooters and in this episode, I thought the women were pretty conservatively dressed. Like, it was just like a shirt and shorts. And so, it, to me, like, when she was, when Topanga was freaking out and the girl was like, oh, they, you actually get more naked at the beach than you would at this place like i feel like there is something to that of just like calming that expectation that like hey guys are going there to like get lap dances or whatever like it's just that's it's it's a it's a restaurant that's it yeah i've seen like, a girl wearing it in whole foods man same yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's light it's nothing i didn't turn back twice you know it's normal <laughs> But I think that that's, I think that we are looking at it from like a 2022 lens because in the nineties, mm. there is this whole, also, I think there's something about like the, the psychology behind it. And what I mean by that is, yeah, in reality, and as the waitress later in the episode kind of says, in reality, this is just a restaurant. You wear less clothes on the beach. It's nothing. But it's sold as like this forbidden place that yeah. girls <laughs> girls would be so uncomfortable to go. Sex is at the forefront. It's like, oh, they were in push-up bras and the, the breasts are in your face. And it's just kind of like it's sold as, isn't this so risque? And it's like, <laughs> in reality, no, it's not. It's nothing. But like yeah. it's being sold as this thing where it's like, oh, all the boys want to be there and none of the girls want to be there. And I just kind of yeah, feel like some of that energy. Totally. And what's strange is outside of Angela later in the episode, which we will talk about, <laughs> all of the men assume that the girls are going to give them such a hard time about it, but we don't actually get any of the girls' opinions about it until later. So it's like, even in that opening scene where they're playing poker and they're talking about going to Club Clavage. Corey's first thing is like, Angela's letting you go. You got a, a, the girl's permission to, to do this. And even though Sean has to remind them, yo, she ain't my girl anymore. I don't need her permission. The fact was, was that Corey's instinct was, oh, you need permission from your, uh, your counterpart to do something like that. Signifying that this place was something that would just naturally make any woman upset. Even Eric and uh, uh, Jack. 
they naturally assume that Rachel would be so mortified, even though she doesn't say anything contrary to it. So it's just it's weird that the men are just like treating women this way, even though they don't really have the information to to back that behavior up. Good question. Why they were being weird to me? They were because <laughs> I'm confused between those three. It was wasn't she dating Jack or how how oh. was this? How was the dy dynamic at this point? At this point in break? time, I love that you say, at this point in time, Rachel is not, she's just their roommate. She's not dating anyone. Um, and so we have this whole thing where it's like, when you watch the show, there's like in-show universe and then there's just like observer universe. In the show, they're just three roommates. Jack and Eric have like a friendship and they have like this new female roommate and it's really a lot of the conversation is how do these guys behave while having a female presence in their midst and like that's kind of like so rachel's whole thesis is pretty much the show's thesis at this point in time but, they're also like actively crushing on her too i will say that like there's the guys are showing interest in rachel but so far rachel has not shown interest in either jack or eric specifically i know that happens later on but we're not we're not there yet so i'm, I'm glad you um asked about it but but also there is something to be said of like jack and eric really are having like this kind of they have like couple energy they're like this pair <laughs> this duo that just like from the show's perspective it seems like they're a couple and then rachel's their third you know mm -hmm. what i mean like that's how it romance kind of yeah. yeah it's it's that bromance um and then rachel's actually the outside force and the show's constantly being like when will this outside force interrupt this romance yo jamar okay so here's here's a question because you were saying you were confused is it is it that you were confused that they would care at all about rachel's opinion when neither of them are dating yes <laughs> yeah because that was my confusion too i was like why yes. do they care what she thinks at all about this like it, it it all seems so strange to me that they were so like what do you care yes. we're, we're not going anywhere you can't tell us what to do you're not our mom what what and i was just like just go out i know for a fact even 29 year old jamar or 19-year-old Jamar, whichever one you get, I'm not going to care if she thinks that I'm going to a bar, a, hook, a lounge. Uh, if she's my roommate, not if she's my girlfriend, that's something different. But they roommate. So it's, 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 it's like the 90s version of Three is Company. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's, I'm like, why do y'all care? So to the point where when even when they're there and they don't know she's in the back, they're, they still paranoid. Still almost, stressing. It seems like. Yes. Uh, it just, it, that part was weird to me because I didn't know if they she started dating Jackie or I started dating Eric. Yeah. I, I didn't know if they was at that point yet. But uh, clearly they not because they, you could tell both of them still want them, wants to be with her in some kind of way. Yeah. What's really interesting to me is I think what you guys are bringing up and what we're kind of hinted of is this idea of the 90s being like, if you are interested in a woman or you see her as a potential partner, then you have to kind of adhere to her. It's like, you don't want to mess with your chances of getting laid in any way. So it's just like, Oh, like that's why with Corey and Topanga, Corey should probably like, according to this show should run it by Topanga before he does anything or else he could 
jeopardize his relationship. Uh, Sean, even though he's not with Angela, he has to run. Like, Corey's like, oh, you didn't run it by her? What if she gets mad? And it's always seen as, like, women are, like, it's the women's fault. Women will be unjustifiably angry, and women won't understand that men just want to be in a place with boobs. So because women can't understand it, you got to keep them out of it. And yeah. and because if they knew that you were interested in other women, they wouldn't give you any kind of time of day. That's kind of like how I saw it. Yeah, because it's interesting that like Corey is being teased for being whipped because of his behavior, because of how he's treating Club Clavage in the present without, you know, just from having his wedding ring on or his engagement ring, forgive me. Um, but Eric and Jack are not in a relationship and they're acting the exact same way as Corey. So that was an interesting dynamic to see Corey get teased for his behavior and that just be like, well, that's just because he's engaged. If he were single, it wouldn't be a problem. But then we flip to this other thing and it's like, no, these guys are single and it's still a problem for them. But you also see Sean kind of rebelling against it. Like Sean also sees like what Eric, Jack and Corey are going through because they are kind of like still trying to get the approval of the women in their lives. Yeah. Sean, this is what I was saying earlier, where it's like, Sean's like purposely doing these things to be like, no, I'm not whooped. Even if I was with Angela, I do what I want, like type of situation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's this idea of men thinking, if you're with a woman, you give up all autonomy. Like you have to, like you, you're no longer to be a man in any sense. Because once you're married, you're dead. Like that's mm. like that's kind of like what Sean is actively pushing against, and I think that's what's hinted at. And Corey, you could tell it's just in Corey's nature. He wants to be dead anyway. Ooh, explain, Ooh. explain that. <laughs> I mean, because the, the 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 name of this episode is "You're Married, You're Dead." Corey has been one. He just and there's nothing wrong with that. Corey, if if Corey got and Spain got married that same day. And Corey would have been happy with that. He don't. He does not want to be in these settings. He he think he he You're thinks right. he does. He thinks Corey's he does not because Sean is in it <laughs> at all. At all. Sean is in it, and Sean is his best friend. So that's the only reason why he's interested in it because it, that's what Sean is. But Corey, 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 Corey wants to be married with him and Topanga somewhere in the house, and he would be happy with that. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like you said, he's not for the streets at all. That, that that's so that's such an interesting point that so much of Corey's motivation isn't really to do with these other like D- Dapper Dan or whatever the hell this dude's uh he can, he can, he can care less he can care less about them because you throughout the he episode he Dan talks crap to him but he talks crap back he like and yeah he, and he has to uh whatever uh attitude towards him it's Sean yeah it's all about Sean. his dependency on Sean for real yeah that's a great point. I think what's interesting about what you said is Corey, first of all, there are two things. One, Corey is not built for the streets, but he wants to be in the streets because Sean's in the streets. And Sean feels like he's only been built for the streets. So he refuses to have what he wants, what he truly wants, which is like a relationship with Angela, because he's like, nah, I know that. I was raised in the streets and I'm made for the streets. Mm. And so that's where I belong. And I think it's very interesting. It's like two guys trying to put themselves where they feel like they should be, not necessarily Mm. where they're most comfortable. 
avoiding yeah. the in how you say that word in avoiding the in I don't want to inevitability. Yeah, they they both avoid they both go they both are meant to end up in the same place. Now the way they get there are two different routes, but they yeah. they both in they both Corey Topanga, Sean Angeles both meant to be married with a house and kids. That's just the just the route is different. That's all. I feel like you it's know, interesting because with with Corey, we've actually seen him be young and quote unquote married with Topanga and in a routine. Yeah. And even then he was bored and unhappy. So I think in reality, one of the problems is both Sean, Corey, and this episode sees things as an either or. Mm-hmm. Either you're out in the streets or you're at home with your yeah. girl. And the problem is that binary. It's like, it's this or it's that. There's, there is mm-hmm. no in-between. And as the three of us has talked about, like now that we're grown, I, I like even to this day, I'm like, oh, if I want to go somewhere or like if I wanted to go to a Hooters or like a the gay equivalent or whatever, mm. I would go because I have security in myself and in my relationship, and I wouldn't yeah. do well for like front with someone trying to keep up. But at the exact same time, there is a respect I should have for my partner, which right, is what I think right. hits on later, where she's like, no, there is no jumping in and out. There is no yeah. rings off, my rings on. I have feelings too, and you should acknowledge those. To me, well, she's I- being fair because she's she don't she don't have a problem with him going. Her, her issue is with him lying about it, and like you said, taking off his engagement ring. You can go, be free. She, I don't. Topanga didn't come off as insecure or trying to lock Corey down or anything like that. She was like, just if you're going to wear, if you want to wear the engagement ring, you're going to wear it at all times. I think that was a non-negotiable for her. And yes. Her her response of um, when she first found out about it, she was like, dude, I'm not even mad. Like, I get that you want to, like, hang out with guys. You, like, you want to belong to a group. Like, she was yeah, so yeah. understanding. She, like, she had a maturity that felt like old school Topanga. And, like, we've been, like, again, we're on season six. So we've seen Topanga kind of, like, go from, like, young and rebellious to sometimes just being, like, a completely different character that's more concerned with, like, her looks or more concerned with, like, Things oh, that don't about feel... the episode where she slipped that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Like, but there's like things yeah. about that that like sometimes they can't decide if she's a feminist or not. Sometimes they can't decide like how uh like uh traditional she should be. But in this episode, she just seemed like she was really mature and open-minded about it, and that it was she she also communicated her needs very clearly too, which was really mature as well. Compared to Corey, who didn't know how to communicate, like, hey. This is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm trying to get out of this. He wasn't able to really articulate that in a way. So it, it, I just thought that she had a much higher level of maturity going into it. I think it's funny because like looking at Topanga's like situation, for it, like I said, there's this part where Topanga is just like, look, I didn't even tell you to wear the wedding ring. So it's not about you wearing the engagement ring. It's about you taking off the engagement ring and what that signifies. Like you felt pressure from other people to take off your ring. And she's like, but what you don't understand is they're all searching for something you have. Which you can have since you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's that's, rare. I think that's very interesting that she she understands, like, oh no, like everybody's fronting, but they all want the security of having someone who cares about them they all want go ahead 
Oh, I was just saying, I, I'm really glad that uh, the episode was able to kind of land on that as like the overall, I, I think that's kind of like the overall lesson of the episode is that like, especially, dude, when you're sometimes like, you're in a relationship, you see all your single friends going out, oh, I'm like telling stories about, oh, I'm, I had this great date the other night or whatever. Like they could just make being single seem so glamorous, even though like we all know that there's such <laughs> a loneliness and there's such like a flip side to like having to like go out on dates and having to play the whole game of like DMing and all that color. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like it's such like a grind and like a way that you forget about when you're far removed from it and so like to have that compare and contrast of like sean who's able to kind of do all these things and seeing the way it affects corey who's trying to be in a, a serious relationship is really is really interesting yeah and and, and the, the whole dating bro is getting to know somebody then it just ends and have to do it all over again or uh, dealing with somebody who gets ghosted. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of starting over and dating. That's why, man, I'm 29. I'm like, all right, man, let's, you know, yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah I'm good. I'm good. I didn't had enough. So I and, understand. And movies and TV shows, they'll just make being single seem a lot more glamorous. And the fact that Topanga was like, actually, everyone's just out there searching for love, dude. That's just what it's about. Like, yeah. let's be real about it. So, um, yeah, but I think, I think that's interesting. I think a few things. One, Topanga doesn't say everyone's out there looking for love. She says everyone's out there looking for someone who cares about them, oh, which yeah. is which I think is really important because that there is like a difference in that um, and, and having just like security and safety and not necessarily like that's actually what people are looking for. Even when they're looking for love, what you're really looking for is just having someone who you know cares about you. Yeah. And, for what she said her engagement ring means to her, that's what the ring means. It means, hey, I have someone who cares about me. Yeah. And it's funny how she sees it as like almost liberating in the sense of, oh, I can walk anywhere in the world and everyone knows that I have someone who cares about me. Mm -hmm. And Gambling Dan sees that ring as like chains. It's like, oh, yeah. once it's on, you're cut off from the world. Every Like, Again, you're getting whipped magazine, which I, I am not gonna lie. I really did shoehorn that in just mm -hmm. I thought the fact that they that Corey was like, there is a magazine and they found me. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's she treats it as a badge of honor where the other one treats it as a chain. It's all about perspective. It's all about acknowledging like what it stands for for you. Um yo, I wanted to just ask Siege, have you or like either of you like have you guys ever been like kind of bullied for being in a relationship like I, I i don't know that anyone's ever like made like teased me the way that corey's been teased for just being in a committed relationship like i i guess i was just wondering if you guys had experienced any kind of like macho male ego pressure like that uh honestly no because my relationships are so spaced out that mm. when I that when I do get in one, I'm like more relationship, like I update I update my Facebook status and I start getting text calls. You know how you don't Facebook, <laughs> yeah. like you know who you relationship with, Jamal. Like you don't get in those often. So when I do get into them, they be like, hey, hey, all right, you know, because they be yeah. like, hey, you gonna be by yourself forever, you know. So, but no, I I I ironically never dealt with that. That's See, interesting. Anything? 
I was going to say, uh, one, I think it's interesting, as you said, it's more of like, a, especially when you get to a certain age, your friends start to be like, yo, what you doing? What's, up? Like, What's up? What's up? We're, yeah. we're starting to pair off. Yeah. We can't be here forever. So, like, <laughs> you need to, you know, what are you doing? What's your plan? Uh, so I think that's that's very interesting. But then also, for me, uh, I will say that I don't get teased for being in a relationship. But there are certain things that I could relate to in the sense of people be like, oh, don't you got to run that by your partner? And I'm like, excuse you, I'm grown. You know, like, 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 yeah, there's this kind of like defiance of you being like, I answer to nobody. But then when you're, but you have to remember and catch yourself and be like, actually, I do. Part, part of, part of being in a relationship is, yeah. but like, that's not, that's not. I got to go home. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. It's a respect thing. And yeah. it's just kind of like this idea of like, you know what? Uh, I'm choosing to be an us. And yeah. when you are an us, that doesn't mean I can't do anything that I want to do, but I should think how that affects us. And there's a difference between like only thinking about yourself as an us and thinking about how your actions as an individual affects us you know it would have been really interesting um to see this episode kind of dive into that concept of like how do you balance the us versus the me because i feel like that in terms of just being in the serious relationship is something that's super like relatable and understandable of just like you know i want to be a unit i want to be us but at the same time i don't want to feel so i don't want to feel codependent i don't want to feel like like you're clingy like yeah. we're each other's only form of support like there's just like i want to feel like i have my own individuality like there, there's just things that i feel like they could have like explored a little bit more that would have kind of rung more true for someone in a relationship i think not that they you know there's only so much time they have in an episode but there was just something there that i feel like they could have dived into a little bit more I, honestly uh fellas i think that's something we all gonna deal with to the very day we die yeah, uh, and I I didn't mean to serious us out real quick, you know. But uh, it just I'm being honest. It's just something the human struggle is, and that's trying to stay true to yourself and cater to someone someone else's needs. Also, that's that's a balance and a talent for real. And some days I'm not as strong as I am other days. And some yeah. days I'm like I'm not up for it today. I don't have the energy today, and that's me those days choosing myself. But I've learned you can't do that every day. Some days it's going to be about her. It's not about you today. So I think with that, I think all of us are just going to... The human struggle, man, it's real. It really is. For real. For real. But I do think that's also part of, like, maturing and growing up. I think you're right. You're right, Jamar, that that's something that it's, like, a lifelong thing that you have to do of constantly being, like, what is just for me and what is, like, taking me time versus what is me being selfish yeah. And really having to like find figure out and toe that line. I wish the episode kind of did show that you can do both. Like both. scientifically speaking, like statistically speaking, it is important to have nights out with the guys. It's important when you're in a relationship to have another support group where you can do things. And as you said, T, you're not codependent and it's not everything is about this other person. Um so I wish that I, in all actuality, I kind of wish the episode ended with Corey still going to poker night, but keeping his ring on. 
because yeah. it's like that's the real that's what you want you that's want someone who's point. like yeah. not afraid to be their committed selves Man. while out with a bunch of single men that would have been such a great cap to the episode too to have it oh the cap to the episode to have it start with that them being at the poker game get him getting teased for the ring and then end it with him just not giving a, a damn about what they think about him wearing the ring like that would have been a beautiful way to tie it all together no he uh he, he don't care anyway he just care about what sean thinks. jamar i think you pointed out something that i didn't recognize which is that Corey, like in the show Corey is trying to keep up and hang out with gambling dan but when you actually watch it, it really is all about Sean. The episode even ends focused on Sean and focused on like how Corey perceives Sean living in this moment. And they want Corey and Sean to kind of be on the same page. And that's what a lot of this episode takes place. Because he's the only reason why he's hanging out with gambling dance because Sean is hanging out with him. He exactly. would not be around him at all if Sean wasn't around. And you know what? We were talking in a previous episode about how, like, we didn't understand, I didn't understand why Corey was trying to involve himself with Sean and Angela so much. Like, trying to, like, force their relationship to happen when they clearly, like, weren't trying to be together. And it feels as though that, like, Corey anticipated, like, Sean being stable as a way to keep our relationship stable. And if yeah. Sean's out there wandering the, the streets, he's out there wandering the world, I might lose Sean as well. So it just feels like that whole thing about like being in a relationship and having friends who are single and the challenges that come from that, which is a question I kind of want to ask you guys of like, have you struggled to maintain relationships with single friends while you're in relationships? Yeah, uh, a bit, a bit, a tad bit. Um, he because also Corey knows if he loses Sean, it's going to affect him and Topanga's relationship. Ooh. Because that's that's his only friend. Him and him and Eric are not the closest. They cl don't get me wrong, they're close. I even I think they even had an episode. I don't know if y'all is that later the next season. It's later. It's later. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not gonna touch on it too much. But they they're brothers, but they they're not the closest. So yeah. If if he loses Sean, it's gonna affect him and Topanga's relationship, and it's gonna affect it because Sean is his best friend, and it's gonna start showing effect, taking effect in, in him and Topanga's relationship. And Topanga's gonna be able to notice. Topanga's very smart. Um, it affect as far as affecting friendships. Yeah, recently, um, because all my friends are the same age as me, so. But they having a hard time accepting, like, hey man, um, yeah, we almost 30, bro. So um yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm focused on building my brand or building this brand and seeing about my lady. That's that's priority now. I'm not 19 anymore. Some of them are still I'm not gonna say any names, some of them are still stuck in their mind frame. We was 19, 20, we were roommates and we were having kickback parties. I'm 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 good. I'm good now. So that's the, what I struggle with on my on my side. For sure, for sure. Siege, do you, do you experience any of that? Absolutely. Yes, and I. It's funny that you say that because there there are sometimes it's like unintentional. Like I remember a friend of mine got into a relationship and we did everything together, and then it just stopped. So and, and I didn't like really take it hard. It was more of like a oh, 
well, if you're going to start doing that, then I need to figure out something else to do. And I'm going to start making friends kind of like Sean is doing and expand yeah. my circle. But when he came back, he was like, yo, we don't do things anymore. And I was like, well, whose fault is that? You know, right. it's just like, like, it's not even like a blame thing, more of like a, you had your priorities. You needed to create your like space and focus on your relationship. Well, I now need uh, my own support group and I have to find other things. So I think you're right that that would have also been like a really interesting storyline to mm -hmm. kind of show how Sean needs to find other friends other than Corey because Corey is now engaged and that's yeah. going to be his priority. T, what about you? Have you experienced that? Yeah, you know what? Um, I would say in high school, especially, I got into a serious relationship in high school and I had been like really good friends with just a bunch of single dudes up until that point. And I remember like, honestly, like getting some beef about wanting to hang out with my girlfriend all the time. And I was just like, oh, you guys don't get why I would want to like hang out with my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> like, I just like, I, I, I remember getting some attitude about it, but like, that was just when I was so much younger and what I'm now finding. And, um, you know, for those who don't know, like I moved to California a few years ago and my girlfriend, who's now my wife already lived here. So it's like, Every relationship that I've made out here has been while I've been in a relationship. And what I notice is that it's like when you're a couple, you tend to hang out with other couples. Right, like you just right. you just tend to like naturally, you, you need a dynamic right. naturally mm -hmm. like the girls want to talk. Sometimes the guys want to talk or even if there's just like even like when I hang out with Siege and, and, and his his dude, like we we all just like have conversations that we're able to have cross each other. And like it, it's just a, a way that kind of makes uh i don't know each person in the couple feel like they're hanging out with uh friends even if it's just like that too i don't know i just i've been in situations where like we we i mean i still do have a handful of like single friends that i hang out with that's not the case but it's just uh, sometimes you feel like oh are they a third wheel like i don't want to make them feel like a third wheel would inviting mm -hmm. them make them feel like a third wheel like would that make them uncomfortable like all of that the politics of that I feel like I feel a lot more than like the beef of being in a relationship for my single friend. It's more just like, oh, I want to include them, but I don't want them to, all these other people are couples and they're the only single person. Is that going to make them feel left out? Like that kind of shit. And even with, uh, it's like that and I'm learning in the content world too. Um, I'm, 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 I'm open to creating relationships like this. This, at, at, the, at the point in the age I'm at, man, it's the lady and the content, right? That's it. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to make friends and relationships like you, you two, right? That, and more people, it's more people, I'm starting to realize, oh, it's more people out there like me. They're like, I love Boy Meets World. It's my, one of my top five favorite shows. Um, and it's people like that out there. You just got to find them, you know? Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. I think to your point, Jamar, it comes down to, or, and even to your, it comes down to like familiarity. And there is something about like, when you are a couple and you're hanging out with another couple, it's mm. just like, you're seeing the kind of discussions or arguments or personality traits in each other, in the other couple. And it's like, oh, you do that too. And she did, mm. oh, she's the one who, uh, you know, it's messy and he's the one who has a problem with the door being 
left open and like all this other stuff. And it's just like all those kind of conversations that you have with each other, you see reflected in a different dynamic. But that's fun and that's cool. Whereas when it's with another single person, either that single person doesn't get it or that single person feels like they have to choose sides. And as a couple, you're like, oh, no, no, there's no sides. There's just dynamics. And when it's another couple, you can see that dynamic reflected a little bit better than when it's just the one. What's what's interesting is that, like, it feels like the reason why Corey needs Sean so much is because he's almost perfected this dynamic of, like, no, Sean's actually the one person who I can hang out with while being in a relationship who actually enhances my relationship instead of takes takes away from it, which is, isn't always the dynamic I tend to find being in a couple that like, oh, hang, having the single person hanging around actually brings us closer together. Like that's, I, I haven't really felt that before, but I can see that Corey feels that, which is really interesting. But that also probably explains why Corey wants Sean back in a relationship. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, like if you are back in a relationship, then we are getting that kind of two couples dynamic again. And I don't feel bad about inviting you. As you said, like, I don't feel like Sean's a third wheel. I feel like Sean is, Sean has his own thing to do while he's also helping me make my relationship better. But what helps with those three is those three have always been, has always been friends. Even before Topanga and Corey were a thing, it was Corey, Topanga, and Sean, right? So, and then what helps too about the relationship part, Angela and Topanga are cool. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure he would love them to get back together. So, hey, man, let's not make it awkward. You know, uh, Topanga hangs with Angela a lot anyway. So, yeah, I might as well be together. You know, I'm assuming that's what he. Yeah, at this point in time, Topanga and Angela are considered best friends. So, yeah, that... Even though we've never seen them do best friendship. Like, we literally (laughs) never see them even hang out or talk outside of the boys, but... What are you talking about? Today, we saw them in the showers, and they were hanging out, which I did want to talk about that scene. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I want to talk about about that. There's a scene where... It's actually one of the very few scenes we get of just Topanga and Angela talking alone of course they're in the showers because yeah, they yeah. couldn't have just had this conversation in the common room it had no, to be no, in, no. The, in the showers <laughs> and anyway at this point in time um angela's like oh you really think he's not gonna go back now that you've given him freedom to, <laughs> to just that's do what, what he wants yeah and Tabinga's like he's not it's Corey. like that's not Corey's scene anyway and then they talked about like the type of girls who work at places like mm-hmm. that. And at first, like it's funny because you get like a lot of like internalized misogynies from the two female characters. Like yeah. Topanga's like, oh, only uh, for lack of a better word, only sluts work there anyway. And Angela's like, actually, maybe not. Some people work there to get through and get by. Some people have circumstances. And I was like, okay, that's good. But then we meet a waitress who's like, oh, I work there. And Angela just completely does a leap. (laughs) And she's like, oh, girl, I understand. You had a hard time. You had to hook for money. You were out losing Isaiah. (laughs) And I was like, where did this come from? And and the the girl, she's a sweetheart. The girl, she's just a college kid, just just wanted to work there, just to work there. She's a chef. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I could. Oh, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Yo, okay, yeah, and it's funny too because Angela says something too, like, um, you know, these girls were forced into a, a life of sin. Like they keep like throwing in like the sin morality thing. Oh, the nineties, um, man. Yeah. 90s. To, to the first point of what you brought up. I thought it was really interesting how Topanga has this conversation with Corey, where she's like, dude, I trust you. You can do whatever you want. I don't care as long as you respect me. Cool, cool, cool. And then later she's talking to Angela. She's, she's like, oh, no, he's not going to go back there. Yeah, I told him he could do whatever he wants, but I, he's not going to go back there. And I was just like, oh, well, that's interesting, because it feels like you weren't being completely honest with Corey now. You are feeling like you communicated, and he has this understanding, even though that's not what you said. So I thought that was really interesting. All right, can I tell you my perspective from that? Because yeah, I had this dynamic like with my partner, which is there's this thing of being like saying you can do whatever you want to do as long as you want to do it. So if you want to do it, that's fine. But if you're doing it because you feel like you should be doing it or if you're doing it to like put on air, mm. that's when I have a problem. So there have been plenty of times both with me and my partner where both of us are like, do what you want to do. And then someone will do something, we'll be like, now, did you want to do that? Or did you just do that because you had the freedom to do it? Because if you just did it because you had the freedom to do it, then I'm mad. Not because of any other reason Then, like, why did you do that? Why did you feel the need to do that? But if you did that because you wanted to, well, then I don't have a problem with it. And I think that that's why Topanga's like, oh, he's not going to go back because that's not Corey. And if Corey does go back, well, then Corey's not going back because Corey enjoys places like that. Corey's going back because he still is putting the opinions of others in front of our relationship. Does that Sean? make sense? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. T, do you have any? I, no, I just, I, I just, I, I feel like sometimes, and this isn't always <laughs> the case. <laughs> sometimes. I feel like <laughs> communication can sometimes get like murky when you're like implying something that you're not saying specifically. So this idea of Corey being like, so I can do anything I want. She's like, yeah, yeah, I can go anywhere I want. Yeah. And then later on just being like, yeah, he told me, but he, he I, I told him he could do whatever he wants, but he's not going to do that. Like, it just, to me, it just felt like, man, you know what? Actually, she feels a certain way about it, that it doesn't seem like she's just like coming straight out with that could create resentment or conflict or, or whatever. So that, that's, that's all I was, I was to, getting to from reply, that. To reply, as a person who's been this person, I'm going to say that, again, that doesn't mean I don't feel a way about it. But like, yeah. if I know that you're doing, if I, I know that you're doing it because you genuinely want to do it and it brings you joy, then I'm like, yo, do I like that that brings you joy? Not really, but like it does. And I'm okay with that because I want you to be happy. But again, if you're out there, I'm like, no, do what you want to do. It's one of those like, no, nah, no, nah, go have fun. <laughs> and then you go have fun. Oh, so you really like, like enjoy yeah, really like, so fun? Do you, do you <laughs> really enjoy this? This yeah. is what brings you happiness? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm t that's what I'm talking about. That, like, inner need to just tell someone, like, no, you do you. Fine. I'm going to do me. You do you. That whole, like, thing where, like, you're pretending like some shit don't matter to you that matters to you. Like, it, it, it's it, there's a bravado, that, like, trying to protect yourself from getting hurt by saying, I don't care about anything, which is sometimes not true to yourself and, like, true to, like, what your needs actually are. I think it's a balance. I think what you just brought up is, like, there is this balance of hey i want you to do what makes you happy 
And if that's something that I that doesn't make me happy, I have to then be honest about that. So it's just <laughs> like, hey, I want you to do what makes you happy. But if you do what makes you happy and it turns out that bothers me, well, then it's, it is up to me to be like, okay, you know what? I said that, but I do, I do want you to know that that does affect me. And I think like Topanga, when we go back to and we bring it back to Topanga being like, hey, because I have feelings too, that's the point. You know what I mean? Definitely. Just, just so we don't end up talking for like three hours. Is there like any standout parts of the episode that you guys wanted to like talk about or like comment on? Cause I, I have a few things that I wrote down that I just wanted to, to kind of get into. And I, I just want to make sure that we all have time to like address like notes that we, we had. Like one of the things I wanted to say, for example, was that the tushy dance just felt like the hokey pokey. Like I yeah. didn't understand what was so controversial about this dance where people are covering their asses with their hands. Like what, what, what what's, what's wrong with this? Uh, I would have walked out. <laughs> yeah, like dancing around me. It's some cor- it's this? corny. It's corny. It's so corny. I oh man. I also thought it was very, very funny that um Eric went to this restaurant and he was like, Yeah, can I get um a, a tuna with the crust cut off and cut it into stri- triangles like my <laughs> mommy makes it for me? <laughs> bro, he is he's hilarious, bro. He's, he's one of my so favorite funny. Characters. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's great in this episode. At one oh, point, Corey a, talks about banger. guys going to steam baths and cockfights, which I thought was <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, every time I seen this episode and that point went over my head, but I watched it again when she said that I was like, "Did she just?" Suck? And, <laughs> and for some reason, her saying "whip" was funny to me. Oh man, because she, she was like, "You whip," and he was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Yeah, you are whip, bro." I just wasn't, I guess I was so used to my my Disney Channel ears when watching uh Boy Meets World. Yeah. I, I wasn't I thought she was gonna use something else like, oh, are you just in love. Or that's mm. like, you, you you whip, bro. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that probably just stood out to me. I thought it was interesting that the club had an entire pack of wedding rings that people had left <laughs> behind. Like I thought that was like a really telling commentary on the whole thing. I do think I do think that there's something to be said about the waitress being like, oh. Your ring that accidentally came fell mm-hmm. off. All right, mm-hmm. how about you looking at it through this bag of rings that accidentally fell yeah. off? You know, like yeah. and I, I do like there. There's a lot of commentary on like the levels to which men will protect themselves and kind of tell stories to themselves. And it's like, oh, I didn't want to be here. My friends dragged me here. Yeah. I only took my ring off because they made me. And she and from the waitress's point of view. Corey, you're just like everybody else, you know, yeah, totally. and and I think she has some validity in that moment. Yeah, totally. And, and you know what? Something else that kind of drove me crazy um, that I just wanted to touch on real quick with Jack and Eric and Rachel is that like this whole storyline is Rachel has to write a paper, which, by the way, I'm really happy that we're seeing Rachel the academic and not Rachel the sex object, which is what she's been for most of the season. Um like, she's like, I really want to work on this paper. And like, I'm just observing you. And the guys are freaking out. And they're like, kind of, I don't know, being dicks to her. And eventually, they're just like, oh, we just want you to know that, you know, you've just changed the way we see women. We just respect women so much more now after we met you. And that's what makes this really difficult to enjoy. And she's like, oh, guys, I'm I'm flattered. And they're like, now leave so we can have fun. And that's the <laughs> end 
of Rachel's storyline. Like, it's not like we never get to see her presentation on the paper. We never get to, like, hear her findings on it. Like, the the it just felt like they just said, okay, yeah, we respect you now. Go away and leave us alone. So it was just like a weird wrap-up to that storyline, I felt. For me, I was going to bring that scene up, too. The, specifically the idea that Jack and Eric were like, oh, you've helped us see women as people now and we appreciate that but also want you to leave so we can stop doing that and i thought that was very interesting that they were like oh because it is like like going back to sean and angela and Corey and topanga and how uh gambling dan sees Corey being engaged all of it is oh you've made women real and if you're if they're real then we have to respect them. So we would much rather for women to not be here so we didn't have to respect the Like, so we can yeah. still have our dichotomy of the Madonnas and the whores. Like, we want our Madonnas over here so we can be with the whores over here. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. true. Like, they'd be painting like the, it's like the either or thing. And it, it, honestly, I think that was the, probably my favorite part of the whole episode was them checking Angela and Topanga and like really the show's concept of the either or just being like, no, normal girls work here. I'm just a chef. Like I'm doing like Rachel's writing her paper. And then the girl who's there, she's like, oh, you're in such and such's class. Oh, I'm in that class too. What's your paper on? Like just talking about college stuff, like just normalizing all of it and pretending like, hey, there isn't an either or there's actually a lot of gray in between. I mean, that scene passes the Bechdel test. Like I was like, hey, <laughs> doesn't because I don't know if she's a named character, but I will say that it was something to where I was like, well, I want to hear what that girl's paper's on. You know, like, I yeah, wish we yeah. had gone in, like, one step further. But, uh, yeah, overall. Um, so, Jamar, we have this thing called a bruh moment, where it's, like, a moment that, and maybe we've kind of already hit it. Feel free to mention it again. But, like, it's a moment that was, like, so shocking, it took you out of the world of the show and just made you be like, yo, what was that? Uh, what's yeah, like some. Moment? Sometimes a bruh moment is like something that was okay in the 90s that just like, whoa, that, that shit wouldn't fly today. Or like, it's just one of those things that just rubbed you to, like wrong way, like Siege says. So like, if there was any part of that, I'd be interested to know. Or the top moment that made you go, bruh. When Sean told him to take his ring off. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That's a great one. We didn't even touch on that. Yeah. Sean, you can't tell, you, Sean, cannot tell him that. With the guy, the gambling guy, the the lackey that was with him, even the chicks that worked at the club can tell him that. You, of all people, should know better than tell Corey to take off. That's such a great point, because what we don't talk about is Sean's disrespect for Topanga in that moment. Yeah, he knows better. Because he was also the one that told Corey to lie to her about kissing Lauren at the ski lodge. So it just feels like, even though he's his boy and he understands the dynamic of the relationship, He's team Corey, ride or die. And it just doesn't feel like there's a respect there for Topanga. That's, that's an also, interesting point. He's also the one who lies when they're like, hey, where were you guys tonight? Mm-hmm. Uh, Babe, too, yeah, picking we the city. Yeah, we, <laughs> we went to the movies. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a very good point. I, I was actually really, I was like, really? Like something like that? But I think you're right in the fact that Sean was the one to be like, yo, can you just take it off? Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, wait a minute. Who are you? You know, like, like yeah. it does. It is. It is an overstep. So he is that, the last person in that room that should be telling him that. That's a really right good behind point. Jack and Eric. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yo, bro, that's, you You out of pocket. <laughs> you out of pocket. For real, man. for real. Yeah. T, what's your broad moment? Oh, mine? Um, you know, like I said, there's there was just a lot of stuff in this episode that just kind of rubbed me the right way, the wrong way, but there's one part where Corey's like, because she's, Topanga's asking, like, why did you take your ring off? And he kind of, like, tries to double down and justify it by saying, like, there's some places a man goes where he feels uncomfortable wearing a wedding, wedding, an engagement, a wedding, an engagement ring and even some married guys don't wear them so it's like not a big deal and just like this kind of like feeling like hey i know i fucked up but i'm gonna try to justify it i know i messed i i, I crossed the line but like i'm not as bad as other guys and in, in comparison to all this other stuff like it's really not that big of a deal it just felt like he could have just validated her a little bit better yeah that's a really good point. I, I actually like both of y'all's. I think like they actually hit on like the kind of really important key moments of the episode that really say a lot. I feel really bad about mine, but it's just the one. And that was when uh, Angela got on her soapbox and started talking about yeah. 90s crack babies uh, and, <laughs> and judging the waitress. Uh, for for not even being a waitress for, for that being was, a cook. I, that was one of the ones I was thinking about too when you when y'all asked me about a bro moment. I, that, it was, that was the other one. It just it, the thing is it came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, because Andrew was the one who was like, hey, some people take these jobs out of circumstance, and I was like, oh, good for you. Sometimes you take a job just because it's a job, but then she was like, girl, <laughs> exactly. I get it. You was on the streets. You've been touched <laughs> by your daddy. <laughs> I was like, what? It felt very Clinton three strikes like it perspective of, of like what makes a person get into this lifestyle versus like a reality of it. So yeah, let's I can see also why that's talk about like what this lifestyle is. It's crazy. But then also, I will say after that, Topanga says something that I was like, "Well, what you mean by that?" Because Topanga was like. Angela has been real sensitive lately. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Because we know that Angela has been bringing up like her black studies lately. She's been, Angela's more socially conscious lately and being like, I gotta get me some black friends. Uh, yeah. Rodney King just got beat not too long ago. And- <laughs> no, I think this is this is more OJ. I think is where oh, we're yeah, at now. OJ. So I'm just maybe saying, closer to Monica Lewinsky. Who they knows? said they said something along the lines of Angela's just been real sensitive lately, and I was I like, "What do you mean that. by that?" Like I thought it. I'll say I thought it meant Sean and what's going on with Sean, but I was just like, there are ways to read that sentence. I want to know what you mean. <laughs> All right, all right, I yeah, read it as a shot thing, but you're right. It could be either one. I, I did too, but when the, you since you put it like that, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say she's been very sensitive about Sean or she got personal things going on. She said Angela's been very sensitive lately, and we did see Angela like go from three to sixty. So I'm like, what you mean? So but then again, yeah. if she if she asks her that, she'll be like, see. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, yeah, and that's also, a great point. It also would have been like, because we kind of saw Topanga kind of de- develop and evolve and understanding. Like she talked, she spoke to this person. She was like, you know what? I'm actually going to go check it out. I'm open-minded enough to like go down there and get a look for myself and form my own opinion. And we never get that from Angela. We see Angela like kind of being like bitter about Sean going to this place, but we never like figure out what's causing that hurt. She never kind of talks about it. We never get a moment of circling back to her. She just goes in the shower and that's the last we see of her. So it would have been better to like, at least make it like, 
have a moment to humanize that bitterness a little bit with like, hey, I, I am hurting because of Sean or whatever. Like, I'll say mm -hmm. that's not the last that we see of her because she is in the common area playing. You're pool. right. You're right. Playing and pool. there is a scene where, again, Tamina has just said, by the way, all those dudes you're hanging out with, they want what we have. And that's when Sean, sorry, when Corey is like, hey, I'm going to stay home with Topanga. Again, I think it would have been better had he gone. But you see Sean walk off by himself, and he looks at Angela, and Angela looks at him. And it's just like this yearning of like, mm. we, like you won't let us be together. And because Sean's determined to live out his single college lifestyle, they both can't have what they want. Yeah, yep. you could tell yep. he's hurting because when at first she didn't see him, he was staring at her from behind her. And that's yeah. the and that's the part when I was like, Yeah, see, there it is. He he's yeah. he just handled it in the most again, in the most shine way you can ever handle it. Something I just want to quickly say about that before we move on. Uh did you notice that Sean is wearing the baggiest jeans of all time in that scene? <laughs> <laughs> like they're very like almost like Jinkos, like like that's I don't know. Like I think we're starting to get to the nineties where like it's like overly big baggy jeans, but like he was wearing something that was just like, man, those jeans don't fit. In the last episode I was watching, uh, he's wearing like this huge leather jacket, and it's just like he's like swimming in these clothes. Yeah, so. yeah. that was the time. That was the period. We were swimming in it. All of my clothes were like down, like this big in the nineties. It was that was what was cool. Yeah, you gotta take a uh, knife, put some more holes in it, built. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. You used to have for to do real. That. <laughs> uh, what's your Feeny lesson, Jamar? So, like, what's be, the the overall lesson of the episode? Be be comfortable in your skin. You yeah. are Corey Matthews. You the, you the way you are. You've been like that's how that's who you were as a kid. That's who you are as a teenager and as an adult. That's who you are. That's who Topanga is. The reason why you and Topanga are together is because you are who you are, right? Yeah. And and it was brought, this was ordained by a higher power. So if you wouldn't be Corey, it wouldn't be no Topanga. So just relax, bro. Be yourself. Yeah. Everything is going to stay the course. If Sean is meant to still be in your life, it's going to happen. Just be yourself. That's all I, that's all I, that's what I took from the whole episode. Be comfortable being yourself of being who you are in your skin. That's all. For sure, for sure. Um, my Feeny lesson, you know, I think it's um kind of a combination between like the grass is kind of always greener on the other side and just that they're, they're like open communication is a way to solve most problems. So like a, a simple open conversation. 95% of the problem. Yeah. yeah. Like just having a conversation with Topanga before they even went could have solved a lot of this. Having a conversation with Rachel before they went could have solved a lot of this. Believing when someone says like, I'm comfortable with this, I'm not comfortable with this. Just like, it just feels like open communication is just something that like could have been used as a tool. So um, I don't know if that's a Feeny lesson, but that's just my, my takeaway. Siege? Uh, absolutely. I think I'm going to do like a combination of both of you, which is just to say that um, as a engaged individual or as uh someone in a relationship you're gonna need me time that's okay yeah. just make sure that you're respecting your relationship in whatever form that comes that's for it sure for sure do you but also remember your partner has feelings i think that's my feeling lesson yeah you gotta come back home <laughs> you got it look yeah. <laughs> do what you want but you come back home and you yeah. gotta face those consequences 
for real, for real. Okay, what grade are you guys giving this episode? Again, Jamar, what grade would you give this episode? From like an A. Oh, yeah, yeah. B plus. Okay. Only why it's not getting the why it's not getting an A is because of some of the things you guys touched on was I would love to see him go back to the po- playing poker with the ring on and actually seeing what how the report Rachel did. That's the only reason why it's not getting an A plus. Yeah. That's other than that, it's a great episode. You learned a, a great lesson in it in itself, and it's just a great episode in general. So I'll give it a B plus. You know, I'm I'm also going to give this episode a B plus. I feel like that's a fair grade because I kind of walked into this episode thinking it was going to be worse than it was, but it actually like had a lot of interesting conversations going on. And, you know, I, I think that they're, they, they touched on a lot of things such as the relationship between men and women and just like all the stuff we talked about. I, B plus, B plus, B plus. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to say, uh, I feel like you guys gave a little bit more than what I I would, I'm going to give it a B, not because like, I feel you're right. It does a lot really well. I also feel like there's a lot of excess. I feel like there are things we could have eliminated. I feel like the tushy dance is, is very juvenile and, you know, and then also like, we just don't go anywhere with the Jack, Rachel and Eric storyline. At all. Yeah. So I feel like because of that, I do want to give it demerits, but it is better than what I thought it was going to be. And it says a lot more things than I thought. So yeah, I think it's a good B episode. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Jamar, do you have any homework? Homework. Homework can be anything that you like want to recommend. It could be anything that you're watching now. Um, Yeah. Let us know. Um, I would say, are are you guys Nickelodeon fans? For sure. I I would say I've been binge watching. Are you afraid of the dark? This Halloween is my favorite time of year. Fall. Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm spooky season. We, you know, I would say, man, whenever you get a chance, rewatch it. You know, get some nostalgic feels from that. Yo, all right, I'm gonna nerd out for just a second with Jamar for because. I love Are You Afraid of the Dark. I'm so I'm yes. so in the Halloween. I'm so in the spooky season. And like legitimately, there are some episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, that first season especially, that like stuck with me my entire childhood. Like, like core memory stuff. Like the way that people talk about like seeing the exorcist for the first time and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah. Did you see the clown episode where they took his nose yes. though? Because like that's that was my exorcist moment when I was a kid. Absolutely. Um, T, what's your homework? Okay, so you know what? In terms of just like spooky stuff, um, I started watching a show called Paper Girls on Amazon. Are you guys familiar with it? I've heard, heard of it. it. I've never, I've never seen it. Yo, you know what? I got into the show so fast. Um, it, it's basically about these uh, girls who, um, you know, they deliver papers. It takes place in the 1980s. Um, it, it focuses specifically on a young Chinese girl and her mom who doesn't understand English. And they're in this town where they're not really treated very well. And she's starting this new job and she's kind of nervous about it. And as she goes, she kind of runs into these other paper girls who are out working the day after Halloween. And suddenly they get transferred, transformed, like uh, they go from 1985 to 2019. 
they they go through time and they have to figure it out and they they like meet their future selves and the the reality of like oh this is what my life becomes wait what do you mean that all the things i thought was going to happen for my life didn't happen like it's like really interesting content, like really interesting stuff. It's sci-fi in the way that I love sci-fi where it explores like human behavior in, in a really interesting way. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but just like that whole concept of, of meeting your future self and not meeting the expectations that you had for yourself as a young self is just really interesting. So I, I, I enjoyed it and I highly recommend it. Oh, All right. It yeah, I definitely want to check that out. And like, there is this idea of like, what would young me think of me? I think it's something that people constantly are like trying to answer. Yeah, you know, definitely. And I, the show really does a great job of exploring that. And the other thing I want to say is that the four leads are fantastic. They're young female actors. Um, and it's a diverse cast. Like one of them is Jewish. One of them is black. One of them is Asian. I, I think the other one um, might be uh some kind of lgbtq so it's just, it's just like really interesting the way that they're showing diverse storytelling from like a 1980s perspective because whenever i think of 1980s i think of like white kids riding around on bikes with flashlights like exploring and getting all these adventures <laughs> like off for it like off for it the first it yeah like the it yeah. or et or goonies yeah. like we just weren't allowed to really participate without being stereotyped so it's just nice to see a, a different uh take on that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my homework this. So if you have not seen Don't Worry Darling, uh, check it out. I know there was a lot of controversy about it uh, before it was released, but I feel like, especially for this episode, it's the right homework. This episode and uh, the movie Don't Worry Darling also has like a lot to say about like what it means to be in relationships. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was way... Um, it's way more entertaining than what people made it out to be. And it's not as bad as people like kind of said it was before. But again, by the time this comes out, I feel like a lot more of the public opinion will have turned and it'll be like, oh, it was an okay movie. I'm not saying it's Citizen Kane or anything. I'm saying that it's actually just a better movie than uh, kind of like the press tour was giving it when it first came out. All right, Jamar, thank you so much for joining us, man. <laughs> Jamar, hey. where can people find you? Where can people find their, your content? Like, l let us know where uh, our listeners can find you at. Well, you can always follow us on Instagram at 80s, 90s, and 2005. Because a lot of people ask me, like, 2000, no, 80s, 90s, and 005 on Instagram. The same username on TikTok. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, we got a YouTube channel that we're trying to build and trying to figure out. I enjoy trying to figure out how to make content, like a network. I enjoy the process. Um, and uh, um, importantly, um, listen to our check out our podcast. Me and Charles Burrow, me and Prom, a, the, the official '80s, '90s, and 2005 podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, Google Podcasts, etc. We're not visual yet. We getting there. You know, got some things to fix out. Y'all check that out. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Support your podcast, and if we can uh, help with it, uh, with anything, let us know because uh, oh, we out yeah, here support yeah, black yeah, more than welcome. Y'all more than Always. welcome, man. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Y'all more than welcome. And trust T and I, we've we are about eighties, nineties, and two thousands content. Oh we we watched <laughs> it all. We talk about it all. We're here for it. Oh man, yeah. that's, that's dope to hear, man. I want, I would love to do some more content with you guys, and so is Trouble and Prime. Uh, they. Excited to get to work, man. These these guys are passionate about nostalgia, and you know, hey, more than welcome, man. The door is always open. 
Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. All right. All right. So T, I think we should wrap this up. As we said, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us at world at gmail.com or at world on any of the social platforms. Uh, T, I know we want you guys leaving us messages from our website. So go ahead, go to the website and leave us a voice recording. As you heard in previous episodes, we will play those. Keep giving us those five-star reviews. Watching the YouTube videos, leaving YouTube comments, leaving comments on Twitter, like TikTok. Yeah, and we're we're trying to respond the to them as fast as we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love that engagement. Okay, uh, T, I think it's time to tell them to dream, try, and do good. Oh, yeah, yeah, we gotta get Jamar to do it. We got all right, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Sorry, sorry. I was on automatic. I was on automatic. We'll do it all. Okay, okay. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. all right, T, I think it's time for us to tell them to dream, try, do good, and do good. (laughs) Later, bros. Later, bros. When the sport meets world.